ask you to turn to Matthew, and maybe this is a familiar uh, passage. It says in chapter 6, this then is how you should pray. I don't know about you, but I need how-tos in my life. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, basically declaring who he is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Everyone say daily bread. Now, I'm not a juice cleanser. I um, try that for a couple hours, and then I get back to the carbs. But I need daily sustenance, not only nutrition, but I need daily to experience the presence of Jesus. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And uh, continuing in the New Testament, you can turn over to Luke chapter 11, and uh, I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. It says, then Jesus, verse 5, then Jesus gave this illustration. Imagine what would happen if you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, please, do you have some food you can spare? A friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly, and I have nothing to serve him. But your friend says, why are you bothering me? The door is locked, and my family and I are all in bed. Do you expect me to get up and give you our food? But listen, because of your shameless impudence, even though it's the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of his bed and give you all that you need. So it is with your prayers. Everyone say prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day be open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Come on, I'm believing for an open door, an open window of heaven, an open miracle to walk through. But I don't know about you, sometimes I need to turn to God to get that persistent strength. And I'm believing that for each and every one of you, that as we seek and knock and find God is going to give us supernatural persistency. I don't know about you, but I need supernatural persistency, supernatural wisdom, supernatural strength to be able to walk through and to even approach the doors that God has for each and every one of you. Do you believe that he's got doors for you, doors of blessing, doors of prosperity, doors of a beautiful tomorrow. Come on, 2020 still has beautiful doors yet for us to walk through. Let's pray together. God, we're so grateful for who you are. God, we thank you that everything we need is found in the person of Jesus. God, we thank you that you love Denver, but you love Los Angeles more. And as the Lakers advance, we just know who your favorite is and, um, We're just grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Chad told me to um, pray about the Lakers. So that was, that was, um, you know, I'm I'm submitted. I'm a submitted wife. And uh, can we give it up? Koi, you're amazing. Drew in his fall colors. We've got beige and brown up here. And uh, 
Thank you guys so much. You still doing good? John, you're my favorite person to, um, like, in general, but he's my favorite person when I'm, I don't call it preaching, I'm calling it teaching, talking. But when you stand behind me, and he, look at that smile. He smiles, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying, but I think it's okay if John's smiling, so thank you for that. And, um, you know, in, in Luke, Jesus the disciples are saying, you know, can you teach us how to pray? And uh, we find a lot of times in the Bible that Jesus is teaching through story and teaching through illustration. But time after time, we don't see him teaching the disciples how to preach. He's teaching them how to pray. And uh, I don't know what your background is. Maybe you've never prayed. Maybe you um, are like me. You grew up in church. You had, a, you had praying mom. Come on, shout out to the praying moms. And uh, my mom prayed a lot over me. And uh, some kids we need to pray more for than our other kids. And uh, I got two kids that make me look like a good parent and two kids that are turning me into good parents. So I'm not going to name names, but um, I think a lot of times whether we know how to pray or not, what a reminder that we all need lessons in how to fix our priority in prayer. And uh, maybe you're here and you're like, you know, I feel like I kind of got the praying thing down or I don't know how to pray or I'm intimidated by prayer. Um, hopefully by the end of this talk and this message, you'll feel encouraged and empowered to be able to step into the presence of Jesus give him your petition, and experience him through relationship. And, uh, you know, maybe you're, you're here in your prayer today is, I need provision, or I need joy, or I need to experience hope. I'm feeling pretty hopeless. Or I need, or I, I, I just need strength, or uh, whatever your request is and what you want to gain from Jesus. I just think that if everything we need is found in the presence of Jesus, our antidote to our problems have to be in the equation. Oh, look at me. See, I'm a math mom. Has to be in the equation that Jesus plus nothing equals everything that we need. So, so when we go to him and we and we want and we want more. We want more joy. We want more hope. We want more provision. We 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 want to learn how to pray. We, we need to work on prioritizing just getting together with Jesus. And uh, what we're finding in this scripture is they're using in both Matthew and in Luke, Matthew talks about daily bread, the routine of it. And if you're taking notes, um, we, and when I say we, like 80% Chad and 20% me, we've come up with our title of our message. Uh, we've got to pray just to make it today. I mean, that's 95% Chad, and you guys know that. But um, shout out to MC Hammer. It's Hammer Time. I was born in the 80s, 90s kid, but um, we've got to pray just to make it today. But isn't that the reality that, you know, sometimes when we're like, this seems like too much, 
you know, God, I know that I've heard this before. You don't give us more than I can bear or more than I'm capable of. But let me just tell you, I feel like I am outnumbered and this is more than I can bear. But when we step into the presence of Jesus, what praying does is when we cast our cares on him, the burdens get lighter and the blessings do come down because we really do have a revelation that prayer changes first us. So if you're taking notes, number one, pray without ceasing. And um, my um, family, uh, we prayed around the dinner table. Sometimes it was a pray off. You know, I mean, you know, when you're with, from a big family, trying to survive and compete all at the same time. But um, we had I, my grandma, my mom's mom, she was um, a Ukrainian woman. There, she's an incredible story, actually. My great-grandmother, she immigrated here, and uh, my great-grandfather got a job with the city of Los Angeles. Uh, on, uh, he was an electrician with a power line, and he actually passed away. And my great-grandmother did not speak any English, and there was 10 kids, and they had a one-bedroom house in Inglewood. Now, um, they had chickens. I mean, they were, like, surviving. They have crazy stories. But in the 10 kids, my grandmother and my great aunt, my grandmother's sister, were the funniest ladies. And um, Blanche and Barbara. How about that for some names, you know? Now, my Aunt Barb, to know her was to love her. And um, they've both passed. But it was always hilarious around the holiday time when we would start to pray, you know, and it was, um, they were both Catholic and, uh, you know, one was more Catholic than the other, if you know what I'm saying. But, um, but my aunt Barb, like she never wanted to pray out loud. So one holiday we were like, come on, Barb, you can do it. Like, we want to hear you pray, you know? And so she's like, okay. I mean, she was like 82 years old. We're like, aunt Barb, aunt Barb. So, she stands up, and we're all, like, bowing our head, you know, just waiting, waiting. Like, this is going to be amazing. She's going to speak to Jesus for the first time, you know. She stands up. She puts her hand over her heart, and she goes, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And we're like, amen, you go, Barb. You do that. And uh, let me just encourage you, if you don't know what you're doing, there is nothing wrong with just going to God with whatever is in your mind. Yeah, and shout out to Aunt Barb. Rest in peace. I love you and I miss you. But um, I think when we think about the word ceasing in First Thessalonians, Thessalonians, really, if you don't know the background of what Paul is communicating, he's speaking to a group of uh, Corinthians who are a group of believers. And Thessalonians, uh, in the definition, it, it means victory. And uh, this chapter has a lot of confessions on how we are to obtain victory in our life. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 17, maybe you are familiar with this. It says, pray without ceasing. I think every day we just have to remind ourselves, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Another translation, it says, pray all the time. I don't know if you're praying quotes or MC Hammer songs or whatever is coming out, or if you're like a serious, like 5 a.m. prayer, you know, just go ahead. Do you. 5 a.m. for you, not for me. Um, but we all know this. Our results come from 
continuous routines. You know, your future can be found in the faithfulness of your daily habits. You know, so if you, you know, we've all um, had our goals, we've all done our mood boards, and now how do we get there? Daily routines, daily habits. So you're like, I want healing. I want provision. What is the daily prayer that you are making a priority to see a future result? You know, um, just a couple weeks ago, I said out loud something that I want to do in 2021. And um, I want to, okay, are we ready for this? If I say it right here, it's going to have to happen. I want to run a marathon. Now, I haven't done this. Okay, okay, don't cheer too loud. <laughs> Running, walking, jogging, crawling. It's all the same thing, right? Um, I haven't done this since before children. Now, I know that in order to fulfill this, I actually have to apply daily practices and routines. Well, um, since I've made this con confession and um, uh, we purchased a treadmill and uh, it was, yeah, the Peloton, yeah, shout out, thanks. Uh, the Peloton treadmill has arrived and it arrived and I actually had a, uh, a back injury. So I haven't been able to start my daily routines, but I'm like, I'm going to start something. So I get on the treadmill and I'm walking at a slow pace, but you would think that this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to our home. I mean, my kids are in that garage like, this. Is, uh, can we just watch you? Come on, mom. And uh, Jasmine's here and she came over and Auntie Jazz was in our house for, I don't even think you made it into our front door. The kids made you get on the treadmill. And um, I mean, I am on this treadmill and I'm doing a 15 minute walk. Like this is where I'm starting, right? You Baby steps, okay? No one left. And um, the girl comes on and she is like, are you ready? And like, it's a live instructor. And I'm like, I'm ready. And she's like, I only run with royalty. And I'm like looking around like, did someone just call me royalty? And um, my kids, I, I'm not exaggerating. My kids, Maverick, Clive, and Winston are behind me. They're like, mom's a queen. Mom's a queen. I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. We're running with royalty. I mean, we're walking and we're hurting, but we're walking. But the reality is, is I cannot get to a future result in my faith, in my belief, in my hope, in my happiness without daily routines, daily habits. You know, Chad did this beautiful teaching to our staff about we want fruit. We all want to be productive. We want to be successful. But we can't experience the fruit until we take care of the root. And the, the issue with coming to Jesus sometimes has to do with the root. I'm not good enough to go to God. I don't know what to do. I'm conflicted. There's a condition of a root that inhibits us from getting to the stage of the routine. Let's protect the root so we can step into the routine and graduate and believe that when we pray, anything is possible. Number two, pray without complaining. Come on. Pray without complaining. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul 
um, who's the best at perspective. If we need some perspective, we, we, we glean from Paul. Paul is in prison in Philippians. And Paul and prison there and prison today do not look like the same thing. And Paul is giving us perspective power. And he's saying, don't worry about anything. Really? You're in prison. I'm pretty sure you have a lot to worry about right now. Instead, pray about everything, every single thing. Your dog, your mom, your mom's mom, your mother-in-law. Wait, we're getting too long here. Uh, your kids, your homeschool, your back, your running problems, all the things. Pray about everything. Tell God exactly what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Wait a minute. If I go to him with grumbling and complaining like, God, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? But if we go to him and say, you know what, God? I know that the righteous have never been forsaken. And I've actually experienced that in my life time and time again. And you've never left me wanting or lacking. And I declare that it's in your nature to take care of me. It's in your nature to provide once again your faithfulness and your goodness. You know what that does? It changes my experience. So then what happens? It says, then in, the, in there, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Then your experience, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. It's beyond our natural understanding. Now, if I start declaring all that he has done, it, it, it does not change my expectation. So, so my kids, they, they, they make manipulative prayers all the time. And um, Alexa, tell me how many days until my birthday. Alexa, how many days until my birthday present is coming? I'm like, calm down, Alexa. You know, but it's like always like, dear God, I hope that my mom heard me when I said that I wanted this. I, I mean, Maverick wants for his birthday, which is on Monday. So if there's a baker in the church, DM me right now. He wants this. Are we ready for this? He wants a car-shaped birthday cake that has apples in the car, and the apples have um, certain expressions on their face, but they can't be too scary. And then, what did he say? There's glitter and sprinkles, but there's one more element to the cake. I don't know. It, it was elaborate. He is specific. So then I start going on Pinterest, and I'm showing him some pretty crafty cakes. I'm like, caramel apples? I'm just going to dip in the caramel and put it on top of a Costco cake. And he's like, nope. It needs to be cars with apples. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, like, they have some specific requests, you know? I'm like, dear God, if I don't get a cell phone for my birthday, I'm like, wait, you sound a lot like us sometimes. God, did you not hear that I am going to give you six more months until my husband comes, and then I'm going to quit on you, you know? What if we were like, God, thank you for saving me from that last relationship. God, thank you that I'm not settling for some guy who is going to lead me down the path of unrighteousness. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But if we go to God and we believe and we declare everything that he has already done, it does change our experience. 
And our burden has already, through our perspective, turned into a blessing. And, and, and if I go to him and I, and, and I apply this on a daily basis, you know, let's say if I'm like, okay, God, right now I'm just going to ask you, you know, my lower abs, um, they look kind of like stranger things, but you already know. And uh, if you could do what you can, someone said tighten in your core. I'm like, what's core, you know? And um, God, we... Uh, you know, it's frustrating, but do what you can. But if I go to him and I say, God, thank you for the four children that you have allowed my womb to stretch with. I'm really grateful for that, Lord. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's all how you bring your petition to him. And if you confess who he is and what he has done, it changes your experience. I think that we should just apply this wherever you're at, in your notebook, on your phone, maybe just draw it in the air, you know. Write down something that you're believing for. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's whatever it may be. For example, I'm believing right now that God's going to heal my back. Now, under that, I'm not going to say, God, it hurts so bad. I'm going to say, God, I, I know that you are a healer. I know that you've healed me before. I'm grateful that I have legs that can walk. I am grateful for that, the body that you've designed me. I'm grateful that I'm young and that I still have hope. I'm grateful for the chiropractor in Beverly Hills who does not take insurance, but he's really good. Okay. Number three, pray with people. Woo! I love this one so much. Everything we do... In Zoe, we do together. We do it in the context of community. If you have come to Zoe or if you've experienced Zoe in any capacity, you know that the best part of our community is the people. Now, why would God put people in our lives if he couldn't utilize them to not only refresh us and strengthen us, but to be able to give us a helping arm so we can journey in this life with Jesus together? In Matthew chapter 18, it says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, they ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. We know this commitment lasts longer in the context of community. And praying together, what does it do? It connects us relationally. It says, Maybe your faith is a little bleak right now, but we're going to put your faith and, and I'm going to put what I have into a pot. And it's going to, you know, it's going to make a concoction that strengthens both of our faith. And there's power in vulnerability. Maybe you're here and you're like, I actually really need help. Get into a connect group. There's a prayer team. Put it in the chat. Say, I haven't asked for this, but I need help today. I want to commit to praying alongside other people. And um, to be honest, last week during our heart and soul night, God was revealing something in me. And it seems like so simple. I mean, I grew up saying this scripture where two or more are gathered. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend my faith and the presence, and we're going to believe for this. 
But I haven't been practicing praying alongside of people. I haven't been practicing grabbing hold, hold of Chad's hand and praying together with him over our marriage on a daily basis. You know, and I was just like, how many people can I pray for? And I just got excited that I get the opportunity to pray with people, to pray for people. And God, God, this relationship that I'm struggling with, or, you know, I'm, I'm really confused with, with, with where I'm at with them, I'm going to pray for that person, and I'm going to ask that we could pray together. And I'm going to believe that as we pray, that he is going to mend the hearts of relationships within our community. Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And lastly, pray his word to know his will. In Romans 12, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't know about you, but I need not only daily renewing, I need hourly renewing of my mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. And this is his will. If you need to be reminded of his will, it's good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. That's his will. What did Jesus do when he had you in mind and he went to the cross? The power of prayer is found in the power of relationship that we get to experience his love and his presence and what he thinks about us and the plans he has for us and how he's made us and who we are in him. And what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane is he sat with the Father and before he gave out and he did and he pursued and he went after what he thought the will of the Father was, he said to these words, he said, maybe you know this, not my will, but your will. What a powerful statement. What if I were to walk into my Monday and say, okay, God, not my will, but your will today. I'm going to walk into my week and say, okay, not my will, but your will. My dad, um, he was an incredible father, but he came from a really broken home, and um, he was a first-generation Christian, and I was the first, his firstborn child, so he didn't have all the parenting resources that we had today. He didn't have even a relationship with his dad to ask him questions on how to be a father, and, but my dad used to pray this one prayer over me every single night over me and my three younger sisters, he prayed, God, I pray for your will to be done in Julia's life. And so when I had my first revelation of what it looked like to be called by God to do something amazing or incredible, I was 14 years old and I remember saying that prayer. God, I pray for your will to be done in my life. Now that's a weighty prayer. I mean, obviously it's weighty. It's what Jesus prayed to his father before he went to the cross. 
Because what you're declaring is, is that it's not my will. And, and even though your will kind of fights with my strong will, it doesn't change my willingness. Now, time and time again, when I was 16 or 18 or 22, when I faced different phases in life, I had to turn to God and say, okay, I signed up to your will. And my willingness, I'm going to declare, is going to align with your will. And I'm going to believe that who you are and my prayers to you are going to be daily and they're going to be grateful and I'm going to declare who you are in advance and it's going to change my heart and my experience. See, when Georgia was diagnosed and I was literally frozen and maybe you're in a place where you're like, I feel numb and I feel kind of frozen and stuck in my season and you're like, I don't know what to pray. Just pray, God, your will. This is not ideal. This is not actually when I was a teenager, when I said, God, I want to be used by you. You know, that's kind of a glamorous, fun prayer. It doesn't always look glamorous. There could be sickness that comes along the way. There could be heartache. There could be frustration. There could be anger. But God loves you exactly how you were made. And his design is that he would convene with you but you have to go to him without ceasing every day and say, God, your will. God, your will. I'm gonna commit to praying your will be done. Anyone grateful for the will of God and his beautiful, pleasing, and perfect will that is good, amen? Go ahead, wherever you're at, why don't you stand to your feet?